Hey everyone, I'm Preston Lee. And I'm Clay Mosley. And this is Freelance to Founder. Every week, we sit down with freelancers like you for actionable coaching calls with one mission. To help you ditch the feast-famine lifestyle and build your own sustainable business. At one point, we were both brand new freelancers, barely making ends meet. But by now, we've started, grown, and even sold a few businesses of our own. And we want to help you do the same. If you're ready to go from freelance to founder, then join the army of freelancers who are taking matters into their own hands. Visit freelancetofounder.com to apply for your own on-air coaching call. And now, get ready to take some notes because an all-new episode of Freelance to Founder starts right now. On today's show, I have a one-on-one conversation with freelance podcasting expert, Noah Tetzner, who built a six-figure Upwork profile in under 90 days. Noah has studied the Upwork algorithm in order to find success quickly, and together we discuss getting jobs on Upwork, achieving top-rated plus status, and why you want that, plus how to replicate his success even if you're just starting out on Upwork. If you've wondered if Upwork is worth your time or if your sleepy little Upwork profile needs a real boost, then this is a must-listen episode for you. We'll get started right after this quick message from our sponsors. When you wake up in the morning and check your phone, does it feel like this or like this? Because with Shopify, your morning can feel like this way more often. That's the sound of a sale being made on your new Shopify store. And while client payments may require weeks or months of work, you can start generating a semi-passive income to grow your business by setting up a Shopify store all of your own. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your latest designs on shirts or bags or adding something totally different to your business, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. You can sell online, you can sell in person, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. With Shopify, you can set up your store in minutes and start selling immediately. And Shopify's award-winning support is there to help you as you go. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash freelance. That's all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash freelance to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash freelance or click the link in our show description and start waking up to this. Hey guys, you've got enough tough decisions to make every month as you grow your business. Picking your next great book to read should not be one of them. With Book of the Month, you can forget about the hassle of browsing through endless shelves or scrolling infinitely through an overwhelming amount of book options online. Book of the Month simplifies the process of finding the next great thing to read by offering a carefully selected lineup of five to seven titles to pick from each month. From gripping thrillers to heartwarming romance and everything in between, I'm personally really excited about this new announcement from Book of the month, curated audiobooks. Since you're listening to podcasts, I assume that you like audiobooks and you're like me, you're more of a downloader than a page turner. And this is your moment. I'm right here with you. I've picked out my selections for March already and you can too. Joining book of the month is super easy, very affordable. Plus for a limited time, new members can get their first book for just $9.99 with code CHIRP. Visit bookofthemonth.com now to pick your next great read. That's bookofthemonth.com with promo code CHIRP, C-H-I-R-P, or click the link in our show description. Welcome back to another episode of Freelance to Founder. Uh, today is a unique episode. I'm here solo. Clay is off today, but I'm joined by uh, my new friend, Noah uh, Tetzner. Did I get that right, Noah? You got it, Preston. <laughs> All right. Noah Tetzner is 
the founder of Profit with Podcasting. And he's followed this freelance to founder journey that we talk about on the show all the time. He's followed it himself. And today we're going to dig into his journey a little bit and learn specifically about um, a little bit more about his experience on Upwork and becoming a top rated plus freelancer on Upwork, which can really have some awesome benefits for your freelance business, particularly if you're interested in exploring Upwork more and getting more work there. Uh, so Noah, welcome, man. Excited to have you. I'm so excited to be here, Preston. And I know I was telling you right before we hit record today, I feel like I've known you forever from tuning in to Freelance to Founders. <laughs> so this is a real treat for me, man. Thanks so much again. And so excited to you know provide new insights for fellow listeners today. Yeah, well, thank you so much for being here. I, I think it's going to be helpful and insightful for other freelancers, whether you're on Upwork or not. You know, I think this could be a really great conversation. Why don't we give a little bit of background for the listeners before we dive into the real tactical stuff? Let's let's just talk about tell us kind of your story. Like, how did you get started? What kind of work did you start doing uh, as a freelancer? What's what kind of the beginning of freelancing for you, Noah? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I work in the podcasting industry. So my first foray into podcasting was as a hobbyist. I started a history podcast in 2018 called The History of Vikings. And as I said, my first foray into podcasting But with that show, within the first five months of launching it, 50,000 people were tuning in every month. Wow. Yeah. That's like the power of niche, right? I mean... That's exactly right. That's (laughs) exactly right. The riches are in the niches and even more niche because every episode featured a conversation with an academic. So... I would have professors from Oxford, Harvard, Yale, Cambridge, University of Iceland. I mean, the corners of the earth. And they would share their insight on Viking studies. And it it was like this interesting mix of like, you know, very sort of traditionally what has been interpreted as masculine, though not anymore, you know, blend with scholarly discourse. So that was the history of Vikings. And as I said, my first foray into podcasting. So, um... 2018-2019, after I started that show, basically how I was getting clients as a freelancer is I would travel to conferences throughout the country in the homeschooling industry. So I happen to have been uh, a homeschool graduate myself. And my family was engaged in sort of those circles. So, you know, a lot of people are probably listening and thinking homeschooling, you know, that's interesting. But actually, it's a $2.5 billion industry. And a lot of the... (laughs) A lot of the publishers, the curriculum publishers are turning to new media marketing and they're digitalizing all of their products and services. So it's really interesting what's going on there, Uh, especially over the next few years. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. But So I was sourcing clients that way and it was great. But then I discovered this thing called Upwork. I had heard about it and I thought, you know, why not try it? out to see if it works to, you know, source some additional leads and eventually clients for my freelancing business. And at this point, I was basically a sole proprietor. I didn't have a a name or really a brand behind it other than myself and what I had done, you know, for my own podcasts and subsequently some of the home education clients. So I got on Upwork in late 2019, early 2020. And my first client wanted me to distribute his podcast to all of the available platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google, etc., you know, mm-hmm. over 25 in total and it took me, you know, one day to do and he paid me $300 and at that time I was like, <laughs> you know what? 
I mean, you know, $300 is $300, but at the time that was enough for me to say, okay, there's something here. So I kept up with Upwork in 2020 and, you know, I was making okay money as a freelancer. And before freelancing, I worked at a, a grocery store, you know, in Wisconsin. And, you know, people at that grocery store who were full-time were making $600 a week. So I remember saying to my dad, dad, if I can just make $600 a week on Upwork, I'll have it made. Well, <laughs> in one client, I so after that initial client, just for some context, after that initial client who paid me the three hundred for the distribution piece, um, I took a little break from the platform because I had some other stuff going on. I was doing some writing and publishing, and I came back to the platform in late twenty twenty, and. I dedicated myself to researching and learning the algorithm as much as I possibly could about Upwork. And within one month, I got sort of my first, you know, sizable client who was paying me $750 a week to manage all aspects of his podcast. So it just goes to show you that, um, you know, I was definitely thinking small with regard to Upwork. I, like many tuning in, probably saw it as this, you know, fringe kind of, you know, haphazard place where, you know, maybe you can make a couple extra bucks, a couple hundred bucks as some pocket change, but you can't make any real money. But you know, it was that first client who's paying me $750 a week. And then of course I got, you know, subsequent um, ongoing clients of about that size. And you know, next thing you know, I was making about uh, 2K a week just off of Upwork. And um you know, and that was within a period of a few months. So uh, I really learned to scale on Upwork. I achieved top rated plus status. And, um, you know, there's some other stuff we could get into, but that's kind of an intro of how yeah, I got on Upwork. Yeah. I, you know, I love that. There's so much to unpack here. Um, obviously, like I'm, I'm, a, I'm a math guy. So quick math tells me that if you're making 2K a week at 52 weeks in a year, you're, you're already making six figures just on Upwork. That's right. Um, and so that, you know, that's an incredible milestone in, in such a short amount of time. I, I love... You hear us talking on the show all the time about social media and the importance of marketing yourself online as you grow your business. That's because social has played a huge role in both of our businesses as we've grown them, but actually getting customers from your social accounts to your website and ultimately to make a purchase can sometimes be more difficult than it should be. If you need a simple solution, I recommend you try getting a .bio domain from Porkbun. That's .bio, .bio. You can put it in your LinkedIn bio. You can put it wherever you want to put it so that people can get directly to your website. We've partnered with Porkbun a lot over the years for two reasons. First of all, we trust them and they offer better deals on domain names than anyone else that we know about. And right now you can get a .bio domain name for less than $3 at Porkbun. So for less than a cup of coffee, you can get a short, memorable, and professional .bio domain name to share yourself with the world. Just visit porkbun.com slash freelance or click the link in this episode's description. That's P-O-R-K-B-U-N.com slash freelance and you can get a .bio domain for $3 right now. Have you ever noticed that many of the problems people call in with on this show can be solved by hiring someone? Sometimes you need a full-fledged team, other times maybe just a simple assistant or an expert in something you're not great at. Whatever your reason for hiring, we recommend you take a look at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. As you may know already, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn Jobs makes the process of finding the perfect teammate 
easy, and intuitive. Hiring is always easy when you have access to so many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours when using LinkedIn Jobs. I've used it myself, and it was so simple. In fact, I've made multiple hires using LinkedIn Jobs, and did I mention, by the way, it's free to business owners like me and you. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash freelance. That's linkedin.com slash freelance to post your job for free or click the link in our show description. Terms and conditions apply. That you bring to the forefront here, you're right. There are listeners who are going to say like uh, Upwork is garbage, bottom of the barrel clients, you know, um, I can't make a full-time living. It's interesting depending on, you know, and I, I have respect for those people for sure. I can yeah. see where they're coming from. I think some industries are better than others. You know, I think uh, I think depending on how saturated your market is and what services you offer and how good you are, like you, you can end up with a lot of bottom of the barrel, mm-hmm. low priced, uh, not paying you what you're worth kind of clients. But I have I think I've heard more stories of success than of failure. Uh, maybe I have like a bias because I seek out those kinds of stories. But but this is the exact kind of story that I love to hear because. You uh, you leveraged Upwork to then build like recurring revenue for yourself. Instead of just taking one job for three hundred bucks, you found a client who was willing to pay you week after week. And part of that has to do with the industry that you're in, right? Yeah. A podcast by nature has work to be done every week, over and over again. And so, uh, so you know, as as you're thinking through listeners, as you're thinking through like how might I leverage Upwork, you may think through the services that you're offering and say. What might a client need week over week over week? That's something we teach in our recurring revenue challenge, uh, which you can find, by the way, at freelance2founder.com slash challenge. If you want to take it, you can take it as a replay. Uh, but we talk about you know making an offering or a service that the clients are going to want over and over again because some things just naturally you can't bill for week over week or month over month for that recurring revenue. But I love that you were able to find a service that someone pays you for over and over again and that you were able to then scale that up, find a few different clients on Upwork that wanted the same thing. And then pretty quickly, you reached six-figure status and top-rated plus freelancer status. So walk us through that. What is a top-rated plus freelancer on Upwork? Yeah, well, thanks so much, Preston. Um, a top-rated plus freelancer on Upwork. So when you're on Upwork and you do work, if you hit a certain, you know, if you hit certain types of requirements, Upwork will award you different badges. So like rising talent is one, top rated is the next one, and then top rated plus is the third. And those badges are displayed publicly on your Upwork profile. So when potential clients view your profile on Upwork, you know, they're searching for, in my case, podcasting and my name pops up, or I, or if there's somebody posts a job on Upwork and I apply to it, when they click on my profile, there's that badge. So uh, Top Rated Plus Freelancer is simply put, you are put in the top 3% of all freelancers on Upwork.com, you know, the largest platform for yeah. freelancers yeah. globally. and. There's so I'll get into how you can achieve that, but there's a lot of benefits that come along with it. Number one is it helps you in sort of the you know ambiguous Upwork algorithm in terms of how your profile can be found by prospects. Um, Upwork, you know, as other freelance marketplaces, 
takes starting out 20% of the income you make. If you have top rated plus, that goes down to 10. Uh, you have more control over your job success score. Um, you know, talent specialists who work uh, for Upwork corporate will actually send you, you know, potential jobs and gigs that you can apply for. You know, there's faster payments on hourly contracts. The customer support is a little bit better. So there's all these great benefits. And also, uh, as a top rated plus freelancer, you get what I like to call the silver bullet. So when you finish contracts on Upwork, you know, the client has the option to leave you a you know, rating up to five stars and a review. And you have the ability to do that for the client. Well, mm -hmm. if a client leaves you a negative review, maybe something went sour in the relationship, I believe it's after every, uh, there's a certain number of contracts. I believe it's after every 10, you're granted another silver bullet. You can remove that feedback from your profile. So that is very valuable. If maybe something wasn't a good fit and you got feedback that you felt was unjust, you could remove it from your uh, profile and subsequently public view. So that's top rated plus. In terms of how you uh, obtain it, you need to have over $10,000 in earnings over 12 months. And I know there's probably some people who are new to freelancing tuning in. Oh my gosh, you know, $12,000. How could I do that on <laughs> Upwork? But trust me, once you sort of get your hands dirty and you start educating yourself about the platform and how it works, that is very easy, my friend. And I'm not yeah. just saying that. Um, yeah, I get so yeah. again. To, so again, to be the math guy, so it's over ten thousand dollars in twelve months. That's less than a thousand dollars a month. So yeah, it might take you a few months to get there. You might not. You might. I mean, maybe you will find success quickly, like Noah did. But but uh, you know, even if it takes you six months to get to that point, um, and then you have. You know, over a twelve-month period, you can then earn. You know, it's going to be something like eight hundred dollars a month or more mm -hmm. uh, in order to, to reach that. So it's not it's not a huge amount of money. It's one or two good clients yep. in a month. So if you're yeah, if you're if you're persistent, and if you follow some of the things that I'm hoping we dive into here in just a minute, Noah, of how they can. Yes. You know, you said you learned a ton about um, the the Upwork algorithm, mm -hmm. how to get in front of better clients, more clients, how to show up in search, how to send the right proposals. I'm hoping we cover a lot of that today. I do want to clarify one quick thing uh, that you said before, and a lot of people actually mix this up. I did for a long time myself. Upwork, while it, it appears to maybe be the fastest growing freelance marketplace, um, freelancer.com is actually way bigger than Upwork, and I didn't know that. Um, now, from what I've heard from other freelancers, um, freelancer.com has much lower quality of jobs than Upwork does. Yes. But it has like it has like maybe double or triple the number of actual freelancers on the on the uh, marketplace itself. So it's kind of interesting to note that. But Upwork, from what I've seen, is the perfect mix of size, getting plenty of clients and plenty of leads with quality, like getting getting actual real clients who are willing to pay you what you're worth so that you can actually get to this point where you can you can potentially become a top rated freelancer. Now, it's not, you know, it's 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 easy. Yes, you can do it or or meaning it's not easy, but you can achieve it, but I'm not sure it's going to happen overnight. There's a reason there's only 3% of the freelancers on the platform that achieve this status, you know, but um hopefully, I don't know, Noah, what what where can we start in terms of like unpacking for listeners? Okay, so I want to get, you know, $800 or $1000 yeah. just to be safe a month on Upwork um so that I can reach this status. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a couple other criteria, but let's start there. Maybe like how, how, what, what did you learn 
as you really dove into the Upwork algorithm and how Upwork uh, features freelancers and that kind of thing, what did you learn? What are some key takeaways that listeners could maybe apply to their own Upwork profiles? Yes, absolutely. So I'll provide a couple of those takeaways. So uh, first thing to understand, maybe for those who aren't familiar with Upwork, is your profile on Upwork, uh, just like a social media account, is your home base. Anybody who hires you is going to make that hiring decision based off of looking at your profile. So your very first step when creating an account on Upwork.com is going to be to build out that profile. So uh, sort of your bio, your cover letter, um, I should say, on Upwork needs to be really good. You need to convey instant credibility. Mm. You know, mm. it, aside from all the basic things like a high resolution headshot and and so forth and, you know, being in a niche that is indeed profitable and, you know, there, there's work to be done in that space, your bio on Upwork needs to convey instant credibility. So you really need to think in your mind, if someone, if a client is viewing this page. What do they care about? And how can I establish that credibility with them? So in my case, within the first you know, paragraph, I believe it was even the first sentence of my bio, I said something to the effect of, you know, my name is Noah Tetzner. I've, you know, hosted and produced um, four podcasts at the time. And, you know, achieved 50,000 downloads per month on such and such a podcast within five months of launch. So I phrased it more succinctly and used better copywriting uh, (laughs) than what I'm going through on air here today. But boom, instant credibility. You know, And what I love too is that you're focusing on what the client wants. Like they're coming to you or whoever they're going to hire mm. because they have a podcast or want a podcast. And therefore want downloads and want the podcast to be successful. So if you can say, I have real world experience building a successful podcast, then then they know they're not just hiring like a pixel pusher or a, you know a, a, an audio editor. They're hiring someone who understands the business of podcasting, understands not just the technicalities, but like the nuance of growing a show, growing an audience. Um, because I think... I think that's the other reason some people get like bottom of the barrel jobs on these marketplaces is they put themselves out there as as a writer or mm-hmm. as a designer instead of as like an expert. Um, you know, maybe someone who can help you rank the top of Google instead of being a writer. There's like a very distinct difference between yes. if you're looking to hire someone, you want to hire someone who's going to rank you number one in Google, not just someone who's going to write a thousand words and get paid for it. So I love that you took it from that angle to say like, I know how to help your podcast be successful because that's really what they're hiring you for. That's the key piece. You know, uh, a lot of my, you know, competitors or whatever you want to call them, just fellow freelancers, I like that word a little bit better on yeah, Upwork. there you go. You know, um, you know, in their profiles, they would say something like, you know, hi, my name is such and such and I have a degree in audio editing and production mm. from Insert mm-hmm. University. That's great, but you and everyone else have gone to school for audio editing and production. Right. Yeah. So, so I personally haven't. Uh, I am, you know, self-taught um, in terms of everything I've done in podcasting. You know, the school of hard knocks. But um, and that's what people care about. They want to talk into a microphone, and they want you to handle the rest. And the most important thing is they want people to tune into their podcast because what's the point of having a podcast if no one's listening? So. 
establishing that instant credibility is so valuable. Um, I recently was working with another podcast producer who created a profile on Upwork and he does the podcast for the Carolina Panthers. So of course that was in the first sentence of his bio. Mm -hmm. Brilliant. You know, so you know, if, if you're in teaching, if you do something in education, you know, if you're, you know, whatever you're doing, and by education, I don't mean I got a degree from this university. I'm thinking more along the lines of, you know, I run a course that trains people mm-hmm. who can become certified. Yeah. Establishing that credibility is absolutely, you know, the most important thing. Um, also on Upwork, when you are building out your profile and you first start on the account, you first start on the platform, excuse me, no one's going to find you. You have to be the initiator. So you're going to have to mm. pl- apply to different jobs. Now, when you're applying to jobs on Upwork, try to target jobs that you think could be done within a few days to a week because you want to be able to knock those jobs out. You know, ah, yeah. You know, it, it, the payment doesn't even really matter so much. Even if you're making very little money or hardly none at all, if you can deliver great, you know, service to those clients, they'll give you a good review. Flood your profile with positive reviews and testimonials from clients. That helps the Upwork algorithm and it's also going to help people make a hiring decision. So, you know, those are sort of the two big things. Happy to provide more, you know, um, insight as to applying for jobs and so forth. Yeah, no, I love that. I think that's such a great way to think about it. Like, really your focus in, I don't know, what would you say, the first even like month or two should be Mm-hmm. Um, like building that profile, building the credibility on the profile. Yes, eventually this this badge uh, for for being a top rated plus freelancer or whatever that can be valuable. But for now, you know, build your own credibility and then and then get as many reviews as you can. It's a short term sacrifice. You know, so many freelancers might say, "Well, I'm not gonna you know not get paid what I'm worth or or whatever." This is a this is a marketing play, like. This is a marketing expense. Count yes. count the loss, the quote unquote loss that you'll have on taking a lower paying job as a marketing expense because it will pay off in spades later when uh, when you know uh, clients on Upwork are searching for your for your service and you have forty five reviews and your competitors have two reviews and and you have a good good rating. So this is this is totally like setting yourself up short term sacrifice. For a long-term gain, particularly on on a marketplace like like um, Upwork, that's exactly right, Preston. And I think that's where a lot of people tune out and check out with regard to yeah. Upwork is they'll create an account, they'll apply for a few jobs, you know, they'll think, oh, I have all this experience, you know. Candidly, they're mm. probably not conveying it on their profile, and mm-hmm. then they'll check out. But you know, it's not the platform's fault. You know, look inward, look internally, and think. You know what? If I apply to five jobs every night, you know, after my day job, or you know, in addition to my business, eventually the law of averages says that I'll get one, and then I'll get another. And after you know, a, probably about sixty days would be my conservative estimate is how long it takes to if you're really working at it. Again, sending out five job proposals a day, educating yourself, maybe watch one, you know, 10 minute YouTube video on different pieces about Upwork, including how the, what the client sees, you know, look up Upwork client account tutorials because it'll show you what they see on their end. Mm, I love that. So that's, that's a really something that helped me a lot too. And then 
once you, you know, get on those calls with people, once they say, you know, hey, Noah, in my case, you know, very interested in your profile, could we have a meeting on such and such a date? Or maybe you have to be the one to set the date. Then, you know, the conversation within Zoom, which is an integration with Upwork, you know, that's really where you can make or break it. And I love to talk with people. So that was really easy for me. But for some people who maybe are... um I don't want to say a little more introverted, but maybe just, you know, conversation isn't really, you know, there that maybe they like writing a little bit more. Mm-hmm. That sure. can that cannot come naturally to them. So um, there's different things there, um, you know, just right off the cuff. One of the things that I found works really well and sharing from my own personal experience is I used to be under the impression that when you're applying, excuse me, when you're interviewing for a gig or you're interviewing for a job, you should be super excited. Now, you want to convey excitement about the opportunity, but you don't want to come across as really sporadic and, you know, sort of, you know, beady eyed and, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I can't wait. Because <laughs> right. that, that, you know, people, we live in a world where authenticity is at the forefront of everyone's mind. Uh, so you want to come across as genuine. Think of most world leaders, they're methodical. They're, you know, idealistic in their speech. They're very, you know, contemplative, you know, so in a way that's kind, that's probably, that. that's a, that's a tone, a little strategy in my, my job interviews that's worked really well for me. Also, the thing that you want to do is you want to have control over the conversation. And how do you control the conversation? By asking all the questions. Your job interview on Upwork should literally be you asking the prospect questions about their business. Have a genuine interest. Ask questions about different pieces that you think, you know, could relate to your experience working with them. Oh, you know, you were for this industry. Well, I was thinking about this or my cousin this and ask continued questions because then you're showing an interest in them. You know, the the client is the hero. You are simply the guide. So uh, yeah, sorry to go down that rabbit hole, Preston. I think it's it's great. And I would add too, when you're asking those questions, um, offer back solutions as well. You know, you you could ask, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, hurdle or problem-based questions. After you get a feel for their business, you start to say like, and and what seems to be like the the biggest, you know, why isn't your podcast successful yet? Or or right. maybe not maybe not phrase like that, <laughs> but depending on what they say, right? They they might say, you know, we just can't we can't get more than a few hundred downloads a week. And you say like, oh, okay, so what are some of the things that you've tried? Uh, what why why do you think that is or or whatever? And then and then you can they'll offer some suggestions, and then you'll say, you know, I think that's right. I've also seen this and this, and here's how we fixed it for this other client. And um, and you can start to be solution oriented, and that's really what they're hiring. Like so many freelancers get on these marketplaces and think that that clients are hiring us you for a service, but they're hiring you for a solution. That's they have right. a problem, they need it solved, and they want to find the best person to to be the solution. So if you are solution oriented, your conversion rate, your chance of conversion goes way way up because all of a sudden you're focused on the same thing that your potential client is focused on. That goes for Anytime you're talking to a client, but um, can maybe be especially true on Upwork, where it's kind of like a blind date, right? Or, or kind of like <laughs> that's right uh, matchmaking a little bit. They don't really know you at all. They have no other context other than you were in this marketplace, and so you have to really put your best foot forward, be a problem solver, be solution oriented uh, in your interview, and um, and and I think it'll shine through. I think it's something that not a lot of freelancers are doing right. And invest in the relationship. 
Get to know your client. Figure out what they love and what they like mm, and what their yeah. passions are. One of the little simple things that I would always do for my clients is, you know, if we were doing a podcast launch, as soon as their podcast was live, I'd do it. Or if it was already live, I would just send them a message. And I, and I would do it. I'd be happy to do it. I would say, you know... Hey, John, uh, just wanted to let you know that I took some time today and logged into all three of my iTunes accounts and left fi- and left three five-star glowing reviews for your show. You know, <laughs> yeah. so like that's just one little thing that you can you can do to convey that trust. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so let's rewind just a little bit because you're saying, uh, you know, maybe inside of 60 days you want to go... Again, whether you're trying to do this on the side of your current client load or as a, as a, to get started as a freelancer, as a side hustle, whatever... You want to go in and apply for a few jobs before before you have that credibility, and we'll get to that later because I think you know once once you have some ratings and reviews, you start to show up in people's search. That's the whole idea, so that then the leads start to come in. But before they're coming in, you have to be proactive about it. So I guess how do you identify the kinds of jobs that you want to be applying for? The kinds that you, like you said, can get done in a few days or maybe a week, uh, and that you. How, how do you predict if it's going to go well? Because the last thing you want to do is reach out to a bunch of jobs, have them go poorly or not, you know, be a headache. And then you get sort of a mediocre review out of it or no review. Like how, how do you find the right jobs to really go after when you have limited time and you're just getting started? Great question, uh, Preston. Now, I'm sure people, you know, will debate me on this, but this is just, I'm not making any, you know, blanket statements here. My personal experience is that Upwork, uh, more times than not, really does come up to bat for their freelancers. And one of the things they do that's really valuable to us as freelancers is uh, every client has a profile as well. So when they post a job, you can see information about that client. You can see the reviews Mm. they've received from freelancers. If it's a negative review, uh, you probably want to avoid it. Um, A couple other things to look out for in job postings. Um, When you create an Upwork account, naturally you have to, when you create an Upwork account as, well, actually both a freelancer and a client, you have to verify your payment method. So if someone hasn't verified their payment method as a client and on their profile it says payment method unverified, or uh, if there's a lot of spelling errors and you know vague description in their job posting, it's mm. probably best to avoid them because what that tells me is, you know, you didn't even take the time to, you know, put forth the due diligence to make this job posting, you know, really, you know, attractive to the right fit talent. You know, it probably won't be a good fit. So that's one mm. thing to yeah. look out for in terms of you know uh, quality control with clients. It really depends on your industry. You know your industry best. And it can be really hard when there's a client who has, you know, 100 five-star reviews and within the <laughs> last six months, they've spent over $100,000 on the platform, but they send you, a, a, you know, an invitation to interview to a job posting that, you know, maybe, you know, you feel like you could do it, but it's not the right fit client. So always enter a relationship on Upwork with, you know, sort of the long-term game in mind, with the exception of when you're first starting. You know, think to yourself, could I still be working with this person after six months, after 12 Mm. months, after 18 months? You know, so as I said, Upwork really comes up to bat for their freelancers providing that information, um, you know, about the client. So I think that's that's really what you're wanting to do. Another thing too is... um, 
You want to be the client's guide. You want to be able to offer solutions. You know, they're Frodo, you're Gandalf. They're the hero mm-hmm. in the journey. Mm-hmm. You're the guide. Um, so, you know, if if they're correcting you as a freelancer, um, you know, and, and there's no ego on your end, of course, but if they're correcting you and when you're offering solutions, they're always debating you and, you know, trying to pigeonhole you, it's probably not going to be a good fit because maybe they don't really truly need your help. And, you know, clients, it's their businesses, you know, they're not always trying to, you know, give you the short end of the stick. I totally understand that. But you want a relationship where you can be, you know, a guide and a servant to someone. Mm. I love that. Okay, so so did you ever, uh, as you were applying particularly early on to these jobs and trying to figure out you know the best clients to work with and that kind of thing did you ever make the wrong choice uh you know you you I pitch did. yourself to a client they hire you and then maybe you're a day or two in and you go oh what have i done i i did <laughs> happy to share share a good story from that great um yeah and and that's one of the things i love about Milo and and podcasts like this one Preston is you know as freelancers um, you know, we really do, I mean, in any business, but the thing with freelancing is you can feel like you're on an island at times. And when something goes sour in a relationship, you can, you know, really internalize a lot of that mm, negativity. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, absolutely. So I just want to, you know, speak directly to you, the listener who's tuning in. And I want to tell you that it is going to be okay. So a little story. Um, there was a particular job that I was invited to apply for on Upwork. And it was a podcast production gig. This particular client wanted me to manage all aspects of podcast production from editing the episodes to scheduling them and doing some marketing uh, things as well. So basically, it was it was in, in such a way where all they would do is talk into the microphone I would manage the rest. Um, you know, and I said, hey, I'm happy to do that, you know, but for this particular project, it is going to be, and I forgot the dollar amount I said, but something like, you know, th- this many, you know, thousand or two thousand something dollars a month. Um, great. Um, got on a, a, you know, Zoom call with them. They said, you know, what is it? And, you know, they said, what's the price for this? I told them, oh, that should be fine. You know, I'm, I'm actually based in Australia. So I'll just get out my calculator after this job. And, you know, but your price sounds totally reasonable. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Great. Um, so they did hire me. And, um, you know, they did say, hey, Noah, um, as we're getting to know each other, could we take this week by week? Meaning, you know, I'll I'll just submit the the payment every week, and then we'll sort of, you know, evaluate on what needs to be done the following week. And and that right, was yeah. a red flag to me, but it was a high hmm. value client, so I said, sure, no problem. <clears throat> so um, I'm you know managing all of these distribution pieces and and things surrounding their podcast launch, and their podcast is launched. And I get a, and you know, everything's going so well. I mean, we're having great conversations. Client tells me they're going to be out in Las Vegas. Oh, I have so much fun in Vegas, you know. And I'm like thinking, okay, I'm starting to build personal rapport with this client. Then one day out of the blue, you know, they said, Noah, we're going to have to cut your um, your hours down this week. So again, to provide some context, how that payment thing was structured is... Um, it was a fixed price project with sort of an hourly thing in mind. So, you know, we'll pay you, you know, 35, 40 bucks an hour for this many hours a week. And then we'll just send you a lump sum as a fixed price mm, every right, week. Yeah. 
So that worked out fine on my end, but they send me a message saying, hey, Noah, we're going to have to cut your your hours down to about four a week. Um, you know, I'm, I'm super inundated and I actually need to, you know, shift my resources to, you know, an executive assistant, some other virtual assistants. Um, and, you know, I looked at that and I thought, okay, so... You know, with with four hours payment a week, this just isn't worth my while, respectively. And I just yeah. said, you know, hey, client, um, you know, I totally understand. First and foremost, there are no hard feelings on my end, but unfortunately, um, I would, you know, need this this X amount of money and this kind of billable work to be able to proceed. And I get, you know, they fire back with just a scathing paragraph saying, uh you know, unfortunately, there are hard feelings on my end. You know, I, I paid you to do this, this, this work. And, and you know, with the money I paid you, you gave me this, which they approved the payment for. It was agreed to in our contract. Right. But I could have hired somebody to edit 30 videos, make me a membership site, do this and this. So unfortunately, that client probably was going through, you know, some personal frustrations in their mm, own life. Yeah. It, was, it was totally irrational. But... um. Looking back, there were some really noticeable red flags that I should have done a better job paying attention to. One of the red flags is that although the client had been on Upwork for 10 years and although they had five-star reviews on their um, profile, all of the jobs that they were billing were for low-dollar amounts, $30 Mm. here, $50 $50 here. They yeah. really didn't have many big contracts. And a lot of the big contracts they did have were five bucks an hour, 10 bucks an hour. So unfortunately, that client um, is one of the people who maybe gives Upwork a bad rap with regard to um, you know the sort of penny pinching budget freelancing buy. But that's just one story. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that. I I yeah. think um I think you know the the learnings coming out of that are those red flags, definitely. Yes. And if and if you ever just feel like in your gut like this is not going to be good, um, it's much better to get out earlier than to have to deal with the issues down the road. Because what it can lead to is the exact opposite of what we've been telling you so far in this episode, which is like um, positive reviews, high credibility, good relationships with the clients. All of that can go out the window. It can have, have a negative effect on your profile. I think what's so interesting about Upwork is like you can be a very successful freelancer outside of Upwork but you're almost judged entirely, not almost, you are judged entirely by your Upwork profile yeah. by clients who are using Upwork. And so, yes, you know, I've, you know, I've hired plenty of freelancers and subcontractors um, through lots of different marketplaces, primarily to learn about them, but also to, to move some aspects of the business forward. And, um, and I've looked up their work maybe outside of the platform, but like, not always, uh, and and in, only in rare cases. I think after I've worked with them, I just kind of look up out of interest. Most people aren't going to do that deep of research. They're going to look at your profile. They're going to look at your reviews, and they're going to see if you're a match according to what your Upwork profile says. And so, it's important to keep that as healthy as possible. That is exactly right. And one thing you can do is be transparent with clients when you're first getting started. Say, you mm. know, hey. I am new to Upwork. That's what I would say is, hey, I'm new to Upwork, but I am not new to freelancing. And, you know, here here are some links to things that I've been doing. And, you know, you're right, Preston. People, you know, um, there's there a lot of uh, clients are sort of you know Upwork lifers. They, they've been using the platform to build up <laughs> right. their business for since it was Elance. Since it was Elance, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so it's one of those things. But no, be transparent with people, and people appreciate that. Yeah. 
I love that. Well, I think I think this has been like, in my opinion, a masterclass for getting started and or getting back into Upwork, awesome. um, improving your profile, getting the right kinds of jobs. Have we left anything out on the path of like getting to top rated status? I mean, obviously, there's those requirements of hitting the total earnings, which we've talked a little bit about. Um, I I think I, I'm reading here. It says you have to work on one or more large contract. Uh, in the last 12 months as well. And then you must not be an exclusive agency contractor, which is fine. That's like a whole different thing. Mm-hmm. But what did, did you have to work on a certain number of large contracts before you were able to become a top-rated plus freelancer? I did. You have to have one uh, large contract. And how, okay. that's, how that's basically judged is longevity as well. So in my case, um, my you know, large contract was that, one, was that first client, my first... Um, Real client, my first sizable, profitable client mm-hmm. who was paying me the seven fifty a week because I a worked week, with yeah. them for months and months. So um, it was, I want to say, I was working with them for maybe was it one month or a little bit longer than that, one to two months before I achieved that. Um, so, okay. so there is sort of this time scale piece. You know, it's even if you're making a lot of money on Upwork and it's going well, uh, it will take a little bit of time. So, before but you don't, you don't have to wait the full 12 months, is that right? As soon as you oh, hit the $10,000 mark? It, exactly. That's yeah. exactly okay, right. Okay, cool. So you have 12 months to make $10,000, but if you make it sooner, then you can automatically be eligible for this as long as you meet the other requirements too. And I'm looking uh, on Upwork's website right now, the, the large contract amounts actually vary by industry, which I find interesting. Yes. So like if you're an accountant or you're in admin support, uh, it's $10,000 constitutes a large contract. If you're in customer support, it con- it's 20 grand, mm-hmm. which is I feel like is really high. Um, you know, web development, software development is 15 grand. Mm-hmm. And then there's like writing, uh, writing is five, marketing and sales is 10, design is five. So like if you're a designer or a writer, you don't actually have as high of a hurdle as you might have, uh, you know, if you're in customer support or something. So that that could be interesting too. If you're kind of on the fence, you're saying like, do I want to focus more on my web design and development work or my graphic design work? Mm-hmm. That's a ten thousand dollar difference to reach that top rate of plus status. So that could be a really interesting way to to go about it as well. It absolutely, Preston. You're absolutely right, and uh, I'd have to double check on this, but I think last time I looked into it, the two most um, sought after sort of skill sets among clients on Upwork were web development and design and digital marketing. So those are kind of the two big boys on the platform, if you will. Mm. And um, no, you know, don't pigeonhole yourself either. So, for example, I was in podcasting. I was known as the podcast guy, but you know, I wasn't just, you know, I'll never forget it. That that client, my first big client who was paying me the $750 a week, he said to me, he said, Noah, I spent an hour looking through Upwork, you know, for different freelancers. And I came across your profile and I liked you because you weren't just an audio geek. You've mm. actually built an audience. So um, I while that. I didn't necessarily label myself as a digital marketer on the platform, all of my copy and all of the way I would phrase things were as a digital marketer, not as you know a podcaster. I didn't throw around the words RSS feed and MP3. I was saying, <laughs> yeah. you know, let's let's reach your, you know, let's build a list of your ideal hard to reach prospects that can be invited as a guest on your show that you can connect with to grow your business, and let's also build a you know a nation of super fans around your podcast. So those are the kind of things that I was doing. So don't pigeonhole yourself. I love that. This is this is um, something we talk about on the show all the time, which is 
the jobs to be done framework, marketing framework. And and we we kind of touched on it earlier on the episode a little bit too, but it's like they're they're not hiring you to make ID3 tags. I mean, they they yes, that might <laughs> exactly. be part of it, right? But um, they might not even know what that is. And so if you lead with that, if you lead with the highly technical stuff, like they you they just they get turned off by it because if they were highly technical, they would be doing it themselves. If they were an audio geek, they wouldn't be hiring an audio geek, right? In a lot of cases. Right. And so and so they're a, they're a business person or they're they're a manager or whatever. They need to hire someone who understands both both yes the geeky side of it whatever your craft is but also the business side of it and um, you know I think I think it's interesting to point out so I found this uh, top fifteen most in demand tech skills uh, yeah. from Upwork they're all like development stuff JavaScript CSS yep. HTML web development PHP et cetera et cetera et cetera there's fifteen of them and they're all uh, tech stuff and maybe that's the list I found that it's you know meant to be you know tech skills so maybe I'm off but if you just consider that, <clears throat> like you said, web development and some of those related fields are really high in demand, it could be you know an interesting strategy. While we're talking about hacking your way to top rated plus status, you know mm-hmm. maybe steer clear of the super high demand ones uh, and find a niche where you can be the best or among the best in your niche. Maybe maybe you become one of the best you know podcast. Editors, podcast growth marketers, whatever you want to call yourself, like you become one of the best in that field, as opposed to competing with millions and millions in another field. Maybe you're competing with one million or half a million right. or a quarter of a million uh, other freelancers. Uh, you know, and you can really shine in that instance where it might take a little more time and effort to shine in a different field. Now, that's not to say if you are a web developer. <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily recommend trying to go be successful as you know an audio engineer, uh, right. but but if you're if you're kind of on the fence between different things, I, I just love this idea of like hacking your way to top rate of plus status yeah. and to to success and to longevity on Upwork by saying like okay, what's the lowest barrier to entry to getting top rated plus, and where is the least amount of competition, and where do I fit in this whole schema of like all the different con- things to take into consideration on Upwork. Absolutely. Be a big fish in a small pond. So if you, I don't know what it is today, but you know, about a month or two ago, I went on Upwork's website and I opened mm. my my account and in the search bar, I just typed in the words podcast and it was between two to 300 results, you know, job postings that popped up. Now, mind you, probably about 10% or less of those two to 300 were actual solid you know, professional gigs right. that, that yeah. I would advise someone to apply for. That is very low, you know, compared to something like web development or digital marketing, where it's going to be thousands and thousands of results. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so be a big fish in a small pond, and you know, learn different skills too. Th- think, think to yourself, like, w- what can I do that's also closely related to I love that. You know, this sort of niche? So, in my case, um, and I didn't, I didn't ever market myself as a copywriter, but I just had this fascination and still do. You know, shout out to anyone who's a copywriter out there. I just think the work you you guys do is fascinating. Um, I read the book Cash Advertising at the time, so you know that's one of the things that I would do for clients as well as I would say, well, you know, I actually, you know, published, I wrote a couple published books in my day. So, you know, we can really give you a great show notes package for your podcast. So it's, you know, thinking outside the box. I love that. And this is a conversation for a whole different episode and probably (laughs) someone who has experience doing this, but um, 
you know, on Upwork, you can also create an agency. So if you find tangential yes. work that you can offer to clients, but you don't necessarily do it, you can actually partner with other Upwork freelancers and create what they call an agency where, you know, you might, uh, you might partner with a copywriter and you might do a lot of the audio and podcast promotion, but they might do the show notes. And then maybe another, maybe another freelancer could do the weekly show note or show, uh, art or whatever. Like you can partner with other freelancers to offer a variety of services. But it's all about, again, it just comes back. I, I feel like we're maybe kicking a dead horse, but I, I find those are often the most powerful learning moments in these episodes. And that is, it comes back to offering what your clients need, solutions for your client, not the service that you geek out about, but the thing that they desperately need. That will increase your chances of being hired and being successful exponentially. Um, Noah, I'm afraid, man, that we are out of time. I, I, I think I could chat with you for hours and hours about <laughs> a, a plethora of things. Um, but unfortunately, we're running a bit low on time. I want to make sure we've talked about everything you wanted to chat about today. We have just a couple minutes left here. Is there anything, you know, last minute that you think we ought to bring up? Oh, Preston, what a pleasure it's been. And thanks all listening for, you know, tuning in today. As I said, I'm a fellow listener of this podcast. And, you know, just as a as a freelancer myself, um, who's now built a consultancy. So instead of building my agency, i.e. in my case, consultancy within Upwork, I moved out of the platform um, because, it, you know, there's a lot of different reasons for that in terms of, you know, um, payment. And then I was getting referrals outside of the platform. Mm. Um, that's, that's a whole another episode but I just want to give a word of encouragement to everyone listening um, you know just fellow freelancer to freelancer tune in to this podcast keep it up and you know if you're ever looking for any sort of encouragement or advice whether you're in podcasting or not you know check out profit with podcasting my show not in a self-aggrandizing way but check it out so maybe you could find my email address and shoot me a message I'd love to you know be a, a place of encouragement for you Awesome, Noah. I really appreciate that, man. Please, please do uh, reach out to Noah if you feel like you guys ought to connect. Uh, if you know if there's something you can offer him or he can offer you, definitely, definitely a guy worth being connected to. And I, yeah, I'm disappointed we couldn't even get to because I know you've quote unquote graduated from Upwork in a sense, and <laughs> yeah. and I think there's a lot to unpack there too. Unfortunately, just too much to talk about in too little time. But um, I do appreciate you being here on the show today, taking the time. Uh, is there is there any anywhere else that you'd like people to be able to connect with you? Well, as I said, my podcast, Profit with Podcasting, is available on all platforms. And one of the things that's really cool about that show is if you're a freelancer, having a podcast is a great way to connect with ideal, hard-to-reach prospects by inviting them on your podcast yes, as a guest. I love that. So um, definitely check out that show. It features, you know... Um, podcasting legends like John Lee Dumas and, and Michael O'Neill, um, as well as, you know, some really interesting people who, you know, run really niche businesses. Like a recent episode was my friend Ramona Rice, who runs a, you know, 30 employee, seven figure spa business. And she's generating things, uh, income through her podcast. So, um, you know, in terms of graduating Upwork or while you're still in the platform, that's a great way to fill your sales pipeline is through a podcast. But Profit with Podcasting, that's my show. Um, and you know, I've done some other history podcasts too for all you history buffs out there. <laughs> Perfect. All right, Noah. Well, thank you so much for taking the time today, man. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's such a pleasure, Preston. It's been a thank huge pleasure so for much. me too. Yeah, take care. 
Freelance to Founder is produced by the team at Millo. Visit millo.co to level up your freelancing. And Dripify, visit getdripify.com to become a bad A in business. Freelance to Founder is also part of The Podglomerate. You can check out more amazing podcasts at thepodglomerate.com. The theme music for this show was produced by Joaquin Carud. You can catch past episodes at FreelanceToFounder.com or by searching Freelance to Founder in your favorite podcast player. While you're at it, we'd love an honest review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's all for now. Until next time. See ya.